0: A do you <laughs>
1: Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look beyond what is in the glass. We dig a little deeper into the stories and the culture and the history and, of course, the people behind the wine. I'm Gina Birch.
0: And, of course, we drink a little wine while we do it. I'm Julie Glenn. Today, we're continuing our series on women in wine in honor of Women's History Month. And while I've really enjoyed all the women we've talked to, all the stories they've shared, all the wines we've tasted, Gina, i got to tell you, this is the day that I have been really (laughs) looking forward to is Alto Adige's Star Winery, Elena Walsh.
1: Yes, you know, I've not been a fan of wines from this region in general nearly as long as Julie has, but I will tell you that my fandom has grown by leaps and bounds over the last several years as I've I've really dove into and, and started discovering more of Alto Adige, and I'm quickly catching up. Now, if I could just work on my pronunciation when it comes to some of these grapes, uh, and, and we're going to talk about that as we go on. It, it, it well, you've got to have int- a friend who's like a pusher, okay. you know, because it's
0: not like these are in your face at the liquor store or exactly. the wine shops. Mm-hmm. And people aren't, you don't see a ton you have to seek them out and when you do you always have a fabulous treasure almost always
1: one that's very easy to say and one that we do have in our glass is pinot grigio and uh, (laughs) we're going to be drinking it as we talk to elena's daughter Carolina. carolina 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 thank you so much for being with us carolina all the way from italy
2: Hey, hello to both of you. And hello to everyone. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Oh, it's it's a pleasure. We've been looking forward to this, as Julie said, for, I'm totally for a long time. Out. And uh, so you, you and your sister, um, are, are you guys, are are you kind of running things now with your mother? I mean, what are, what are we looking at as so far? I know you're like fifth generation, right? I know, right? <laughs> it's a long so time they, to be doing yeah, wine.
2: Stayed, I mean, yes, the two of us. We now um, basically run the estate, but it's it's a it's a very old, it's a historic estate. So we're one of the oldest estates in the region, and it actually was my great 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 grandfather who founded the winery back in 1869. So yes, I'm in its fifth generation. Generations, so um, yes, many many years that my wine and my family has been involved in wine, I should say, and um, and we've always been in the town of Tramin, which is still the place, um, which is really the heart of the Alto Adige winemaking area. So the town of Tramin, and this is where the winery and the estate is 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 based at. But um, yeah, you mentioned before um, my mom Elena, so. I have to um, explain a little bit her story because it's a very unique story.
1: (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. We want um, to hear it. (laughs) Hit us. (laughs) (laughs) We're just sipping our Pinot Grigio here. Don't mind us. (laughs) We're settling in (laughs) for story time. Because
2: it was, despite this date being so old and historic, right? I said 1869. It was, and it goes back to my dad's family, right? It was really my mom who married into this family. So she married my father who was in the fourth generation of the Val and 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 um, she was actually an architect. She was she was born and raised in the city of Milan, and then her her marriage basically took her to this little tiny town of Tramin, where she soon realized that there was nothing else but wine surrounding her. <laughs> and um, this is and she always had this passion for wine, the, the love for wine, and she soon realized and we're talking about the early '80s that. The family, so my father's family, already at the time, they were owning some of the most unique and stunning vineyards in the area of, in the heart of Alto Adige. So she always, her idea was always to make wines that were a true reflection of one single site. And um, so she somehow convinced my dad to give her his two major sites to try out new things.
1: Smart woman. Right. Pretty, uh, Don't pretty difficult. Don't how she did that. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> I wonder what dad's family thought about that.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine that was a fun, fun conversation. But once the transition happened, what'd she do?
2: So she, well, she realized the treasures that were at hand, the vineyards, right? So she, um, I mean, we're talking about the early 80s where when not only Alto Adige or Italy, but really all of the wine world, wine producing countries, they were at the time in the early 80s still focusing majorly on equality rather than equality. So what she did is she first of all realized that as a region of Alto Adige, we had to reduce yield by a lot. To really compete on an international level. And, and, and she realized that Alto Adige as a region is way too small to compete on price or on quantity or whatsoever. So that was the first thing that she did on our vineyard. So first of all, she reduced quantity by a lot. Her idea was to increase quality. So that was her big thing to produce wines. So that were a true reflection of one single site and by using and working mainly on the vineyards of Castellats and Castelringberg, Those are the two very unique sites that we have. And, um, to change trellising system, at the time we had mainly the, the this uh, pergola system, which is, I'm sure you're familiar with this roof-like trellising system, right, mm-hmm. which is, nowadays, we all know it's, 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 it's this traditional trellising system, but it's not For quality reasons, you would go move to a and that's what she did. She was the one who started introducing the guyot system in the region of Alto Adige. As I said, reducing yield, increasing vine density so that the the vines have to probe more deeply for water. Many things and changes, especially in the vineyards, and also in the winemaking by introducing the uh, soft and gentle use of of the oak treatment. And always with the idea of showing the world what Alto Adige was all about.
0: Katarina, that had um, to be a tough sell. I'm just thinking... These are people that um, have worked the land for ever and ever, the way that they always have. And all of a sudden, you're going to say, "Yeah, we're going to make less wine, but we're <laughs> going to make better wine." So you're going to have less income for a little while until people realize that they need to pay more for good wine. That is a really hard it, transition to make.
2: It is, and and don't I mean for her in the early '80s, uh, in the mid '80s, it was definitely a, a tough uh, step. And and she said, like you know, she was l- lucky to have my dad behind her who kind of knew how things were working and she always had his support but she was the one who came in with ideas and vision and new things to do and yes especially in in this in this in this town or in the towns of that are very traditional towns it was hard and and you know she, she keeps telling me many stories and 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 um, with the transitions that she did that the people weren't happy to see all of a sudden uh, green harvesting being practiced in the vineyards and uh, and um, yeah she always tells me the story I, I love the story and I, I keep telling it that uh, this this old lady came to her and said what what are you why are you cutting down the grapes and my mom started explaining this whole process green harvesting for the quality and and so on and so on and this lady this very old lady looked at her and said you know what at the time when i was a child and during harvest we little kids were the last in the row and we had to whistle whistle to prove that we were not eating one single berry, and now oh. you're cutting them on the ground.
1: Right. Oh. <laughs> we had to whistle to prove it. To, yeah, oh, prove that's it. so wrong. God, I'd be so busted. I can't even whistle. So that would be... And, and also yeah. that she, you know, not only that she, is she completely changing the practice and the philosophy, but on top of it, you know she's a woman in in a in an industry in a country where you know the the machismo is a, is it's kind of a big deal so i i wonder you know how did all of that affect uh, what she did as well did she get blowback and pushback for being a uh, female yeah, and yeah you this? know
2: she she was in 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 architecture before and she keeps oh. telling or keeps telling me that you know even then you know she was used to run her own office as an architect and and she said she was one of the few female owned architectural offices at the time right so she was kind of used to being this this lady in a world in a male dominated industry in a way already before her time in wine and and, and hence for her it wasn't frightening it wasn't- to work in this this male uh, dominated industry and she, she always said she, she'll actually love the 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 challenge and 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 certainly at the time she said it was was more difficult because um she said you know as a woman you had to you know prove so much more that you know what you're talking about you you actually know your thing Mm -hmm. and and um so it definitely was challenging and 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 everything, but she said she she loved it and and uh, it was this challenge that kind of uh, made her in a way more eager and 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 she she loved and showing and proving that she was actually right and and just think of of Alto Adige also as a region. I mean, she was really what we can now say um, the pioneer in the high quality revolution that this whole region went through because yeah. Alto Adige nowadays is placed at the very very top, right? Despite being so such a little region. So we only contribute as a region to less than 1% to the total Italian wine production. Wow. So it's actually 0.7%. That is how much wine Adige produces compared to what all of, Altru- of Italy produces. That's tiny. Yeah? However, when you look at quality and at awards and scores and so on, we're at the very, very top. And that's amazing. And and, and that's also thanks to her, who she, who, who, she, who she from her early stage on, and um, put a lot of emphasis on our vignettes and on the dates to really say like her idea was really to 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 show the, the origin of our wines right and that's what she tried to put in her bottle
0: well it kind of explains why it's not so easy to find if it's like what you said one percent of italian wine production
2: yeah less than one wow. percent wow
0: and Alto Adige, yeah. for those not geographically familiar is a region way up in the north of italy <laughs> Um, on the border with um, Austria and the, okay. street the signs mat. are uh, the street signs are in German and Italian, so uh, that's always fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it is, it's actually, it's,
2: I mean, I always say, like, when you talk about Alto Adige, you always have to mention this fact, what you just did, uh, Julina, that, that the region actually used to be part of Austria up until World War One, and then the borders changed, right? And then, um, the region came to Italy and, and, and now it's, it's great because whenever you come and visit our area, You'll be surprised how some things are very kind of more Austrian, but some things are so Italian. And I keep saying like we wear different hats for different occasions, and um, it's 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 weird border. Uh, people that are we're bordering right and hence um knowing two cultures the Austrian and the Italian is, is something that to me is a it's a huge advantage my and husband I think, my uh, from, also wine is culture and, and knowing so many cultures is, and languages is, is so important
0: so my husband is from way down in the southern part down in Calabria like literally from oh Calabria God, okay. so he Loves Altawadi J because he says it's clean and organized like the Germans, but then it still has the really good food of the Italians and good food and wine. So he's,
2: yes. It I, has I say, the best of both I, we cherry pick the best things.
0: Yeah, you really do. The cherry pick the best of both uh, cultures, and it's, it's really kind of cool how it works out. And it's weird. You're, you're like, I'm still in Italy, and you're looking at these Bavarian-looking uh, <laughs> wood stuff on some of the Tudor-style yeah, Buildings.
1: let's talk about the white wines, um, be- because, you know, when we think of uh, German and that, you think mm-hmm. a lot of some of the, the Rieslings and Gewurztraminers, which, and I don't normally think about that with Italian, but those are some of the things that you do there. And as well as this lovely Pinot Grigio that we have in our glass. So let's start. We want to start with the Pinot. What well, a, we're having the Pinot I know, Grigio, but, but I'm dying like, to tell
0: you about the Gewurztraminer that I oh. had at this little tiny hotel, and I've talked about it numerous times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I went to this little tiny hotel in a little bitty town called Leone, I think it is, um, like way up off the main highway, thinking I'd find something, you know, undiscovered. And, of course, everything's already been discovered. <laughs> but this Gewurztraminer was Life changing. I never liked that grape before. I was, I was never, I was never like, ooh, I will try a Gewürztraminer, but I really wanted a white wine, and that's what they happened to have, and it was the house wine. It wasn't like their high end one. It was so good, so good. What is it that makes Alto J really good at doing Gewürztraminer?
2: I mean, first of all, um, if you talk, we are our estate, we're in Tramin, and Gewürz Traminer, as you might know, ah. Gewurz <laughs> is the German word for yep. spice, the spicy grape of the town of Tramin, right? Mm. So this is really the birthplace of the, of the variety. And hence, um, it is really what we almost like to call it. It's almost our indigenous variety, right? It's, 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 we, we love to call it our variety and, uh, we have been planning it for many, many, um, uh, generations really, and, uh, Compared to, to diverse immunos that you find on an international scale, the ones from Altadige are basically always dry. Right, and that's quite unique. So you, the beauty of this is that you get the, all the aromatics and the rose petals and all that on the nose, but on the palate, you'll be surprised by how spicy it is, and actually the freshness and the, the acidity, That acidity that cuts right through in the end and leaves you with this refreshing finish. And this, to me, is really the key and and, and of of um, and key characteristics of Gewürztraminer. That Gewürztraminer, that is such an aromatic grape variety in our area, becomes so much more mineral driven and almost a certain salinity coming through. And um so, for us, uh, also in our estate, um, Gewürztraminer is one of our key varieties, and and we have been getting so many awards on the Gewürztraminer, so that that they called my mom the queen of the Gewürztraminer because <laughs> uh, she 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 produced one of the most awarded Gewurztraminer from the area, from Italy, actually. Yeah,
1: it is so good. Now, this... the Pinot Grigio we have is the Castel Ringberry Ringberg. What
2: you're tasting is the Pinot Grigio Vigna Castel Ringberg and. What I was saying just before, you know, when my mom took over, she started with two vineyards. One of them was the Vigna Castellarinkberg. Now, this is our uh, vineyard that is overlooking the lake of Caldaro, and it's really Mm. in the heart of the historic vine-growing area in, in Alto Adige. And it's a unique site because it's, it's a little bit more, um, um, it's, it's always cool climate, right? We didn't say that at first. So Altariz is obviously a cool climate region. But this one on Casta Ringga is a little bit warmer because we have the, have the lake influence. So there, because of its proximity to the lake, we have the lake releasing some heat at night time. And hence, we see temperature fluctuations, but they're not as big as on some of our other sites. And we have very calcareous, gravelly soils there, and it's this minerality that you get in this pinot grigio that, to me, is is uh, is very unique. And this minerality, this salinity, and hence this 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 complexity in a pinot grigio, which which, you know, nowadays there is just so much pinot grigio being planted all over the world, really. Uh, to find a single vineyard, and I didn't mention that earlier, but it, this on, on the bottle it says Vigna Castelringberg. Vigna mm-hmm. is a um, fairly new Italian denomination, and if you put vigna on your label, you have to guarantee that the wine comes only and exclusively from one single site, right? right. So this right. is so the officially approved vigna, single vineyard. So
0: it has to, if it says vigna on the label, it has to say that it's from a very vineyard specific. Uh, correct. Like 100% this is the, of the only
2: proof that it is an officially, it is an official single vineyard. Otherwise. I might say it's, it's it's a single vineyard wine, but I could produce triple the amount of what grows in the side. So only if you see vineyard on the label, that's the only uh, guarantee of of a single
1: vineyard. And is this vineyard specific vineyard. to Alto Adige? This designation? No,
2: it's actually Italian law. Okay, oh, okay. all right,
1: okay. Good to know. Because a, yeah. it's fairly
2: it's fairly new, and we started using it. It's fairly new. Uh, we started using it from two thousand and five Fourteen or fifteen, I think it was fourteen that we started. That was the first year that it was uh, allowed in Alto Adige, and um, and this is was fantastic because it's really my mom started already in the early '80s to you know focus on single vineyard wines with Bruce wines that were a true reflection of one single site. And finally, after so many years, also Italian legislation. allowed us or um, gave us a, a tool to really promote the official recognized single vineyards even more so. And this is something that my sister, myself, and we um, followed right away as soon as we heard of this new denomination, you know, becoming available that we wanted and registered mm-hmm. our two sites. So we have two officially um, recognized single vineyards, which is the Kastelringberg and the other one is the Kasterplatz site, which is famous for its Gilbertstraminer. Wow. both very, very unique. Um,
1: yeah. Types. You know, there's nothing wimpy about this Pinot Grigio. I think no. a lot of people in the United States... Uh, think of it as water. Yeah. They think of it as just... Nah, like, it's something that we could just yeah, like water. We can just quap- pound it on the porch. It's like but point, table water. This does have yeah. some complexity in the in the minerals. There's a lot in this. More happening it's, here than most, right? So this is definitely yeah. Water. We actually
2: wine wise or production wise, we have fifteen um, percent that is fermented and matured in oak, and the rest is stainless seal and then we blend yeah. it back together. So mm-hmm. on the back um, on the mid palette you'll 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 get some nice weight some a little bit more of a complexity and that's also definitely also due to kind of this the slide oak treatment right i was wondering just just really delicately
1: yeah i was i was gonna i'm glad you brought up the oak because i kind of felt like i'm like there's got to be some oak in here yeah uh, the way it is Um, okay so
0: we love alto idj and all of its whites and love that diverse demeanor but um do people know much about the Reds coming out of Alto Adige? Is it is it becoming known for that, or was it historically known for that, and then that kind of stopped happening? Or tell me about the, yeah, the historical question. arc of the Reds. Yeah. So.
2: Um... Nowadays, people drink Alto Adige and they think of whites, mm-hmm. mainly, especially on, on on outside of the region. But actually, historically, Alto Adige—really, I'm talking historically—Alto Adige has mm. been more of a red wine producer. So historically, our major varieties were Schiava and Lagraine, for example. And um, but then this changed, right? As um, this changed, as we realized that actually our a lot of especially working on higher elevations, a lot of our sites are actually fantastic sites for whites. Then the region started becoming kind of shifting also more towards the right, uh, red wines. But historically we have been more red, but nowadays it's 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 almost half half, slightly more on the whites, and it's probably going more into the direction of,
0: of. rights a little
1: bit. You mentioned LaGrine. So tell us about that. We have a... It, we one, have it in our glass right now. And for guys. people who are wondering, it's spelled L-A-G-R-E-I-N. And mm-hmm. uh, I think names like that and grapes like that are another thing that have people... Some people are, might be a little intimidated to to spend money on something like... I have no idea what that is. I can't even pronounce it. But So give us a little education on, on this <laughs> grape in particular and then some of the other reds.
2: Yeah, so LaGrine is... is um, it's really our indigenous grape variety, right? So you really only find it uh, in, in the region mm. of Alto Adige, and it has been planted yeah, here really forever. And it's one of those varieties that they're not 100% sure where it comes from. It's the closest related to Marzimino, but then with Teroligo, and they know at some point there must have been some crosses it's with uh, with Pinot and with um, Syrah, so, and a little bit of Cabernet. so it really... <laughs> um, a, a, a great mix, I should say. And anyway, it has been a distinct variety for, for many, many, many generations. Mm. And um, Lagrine is planted on the kind of the more um, warmer sites of the uh, of the area. Lagrine needs a lot of sun to really ripen fully. And hence, going back to the green harvesting, Lagrine needs a lot of green harvesting. Otherwise, in order to be, become nice and ripe, right? right? So it's planted where it's the hot, hottest, plus... We do a lot of green harvesting to make sure we kind of Yeah, get the optimum maturity of the grapes and also the phenolic, phenolic ripeness process is very, key, very much important in this this wine. And um, it's then in this case, it's matured in uh, large wooden oak barrels. And we still have some beautifully hand-carved oak, oak um, barrels that really they, they're as tall as, they're probably double the size, they have the height of myself. So very, very tall barrels, old barrels, hand-carved that really tell the story of my family and of the region and they're gorgeous um, also to visit. And those are still being used. And, and some of them are over 100 years old that we still use those barrels. So, so I'm
0: going to say they're probably neutral it's... at this point.
2: Probably, say it again, sorry?
0: They're probably a little neutral at this point. In that, yes, not exactly. and I was just about to say, yeah. so
2: it's more, yeah, totally not just a little bit, it's more <laughs> about the micro happening rather yeah. than anything else, oh man, rather than the oak
1: treatment. I love how this smells to it me. It smells, smells like, like a pretzel, it smells like a pretzel in a way. So, doughy is a good word, not doughy like yeasty, but like, and I was also thinking, like, a little like, like biscuits, meaning the sweeter biscuits, really? not, the, not the cookie, uh, you know. Like the Pepperidge Farm that, with a yeah. little raspberry in the middle. Oh, gosh, yeah. Man, it's, I love the nose on it and, and some bright cherry in there, some nice bright cherry I get. in the. I haven't even tried it, but, I mean, I can't get my nose out of the glass. I, mean, I always
2: it- love also this smell. Like when I drink and smell La Grine, mm. it's like if, if you smell f- freshly crushed grapes in your hand. Like think of the smell of crusher red, red yep. grapes in your hand. That's like La Grine. It's such an honest grape variety to me. That's good. And, honest. Uh, honest. Right.
1: This <laughs> It's so good. This is a good, a great food wine. I mean, it's got such bright acidity. I mean, there's so many things I want to eat with this. It's, um, it's really a fun find. It has a too. has a nice too.
0: smokiness to it almost, it right? Does. It does. I was kind it, of going cured meat like Speck yeah, maybe. Beautiful. But that with... makes sense because Speck is from that area, right? Yeah, Exactly. Mm-hmm. so you could pair it with speck
2: like with all kind of um, cured meats it's it's anything that has a little smoke on it is beautiful mm. and or just with honestly with pizza on a saturday night it's it's amazing Ooh. too a little so fig it's, paste it's, it's... on oh your
1: God, cheese tray so some good. figs and really
0: good yeah. i've had this Sorry. before, but i love it more <laughs> we keep now. talking
1: it's like so we're enjoying it a lot Man,
0: it, but i mean when you put your nose in there mm-hmm. it's like
1: rolled gold pretzels and what and this is a 2019 that we're trying i believe. Yeah, so maybe are these guys age worthy? Can these lay down for a so, while? So
2: Lagrine in general, yes, it is, mm-hmm. and um, and you can see it also by its structure, right? You see that it has some mm-hmm. grippy tannins that are present, great acidity, so it have, definitely has. Everything to really mature. We do two styles of Lagrion. So we do the Lagrion Selezione, which is the wine that you have in your glass, that is generally being made kind of to be drunk within a couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. And um, but then we also have a Reserva style that is matured in French barrels, so 18 months of oak treatment. So that is a wine that you would want to age for five plus years, ten years, and whatsoever. The Lagrion Selezione, the wine that you're tasting right now, that's a wine, you know, made to be drunk. I wouldn't say young but it's ready to drink it's really a great wine and and it's it's true to the variety
1: um are women? I, I'm sorry. I know we're we're, we're you know we're, we're have you here for women and wine and yeah. Um, are you so? You and your sister and your mom are kind of like leading the show here. And I know this is kind of how we started uh, our interview off with you today. What is happening in the region and Alto Adige in general? I mean, has your mom kind of broken the ceiling for that? Are we seeing more like women and and families? Uh, coming together mm-hmm. and making more of a presence like like you three are doing? Things passing down to the daughter. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, I think, like, if you compare my mother and, and my generation now, um, I think a, a lot has changed, and, and I think for the better. And um, because nowadays, when I studied at university, there were so many – um there were much more um women studying wine right and even just now just look at all the sommelier courses or wsco or, or or analogy students there are so many women now that that are interested in wine that study wine so that has changed really a lot what i still what i'm still missing though is that i sometimes feel like we lose some of the women somewhere in between after they this, when they enter work then at some point sometimes we lose them because there are still to, for, for 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 me not enough women at the forefront of, of estates right the ones that are go out there the ones that represent and really um, are at the forefront of family estates for example right and um so i hope we'll see improvement even there that the women are the ones that then run the the wineries and um uh, even more so but I, I have to admit and say a lot has changed and and I, I i love the industry and i think it's it's great to be a woman in this industry and, and i can just you know um i recommend it to everyone because i think it's it's the most beautiful um Work. I wouldn't even say work. Wouldn't even call it work, right? <laughs> Feel to be in because you mm-hmm. you work with so many different people. So many people have so many different backgrounds, and kind of wine connects everyone. And I think it's 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 an amazing field to 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 be working there, especially and also as a woman.
0: especially in Alto Adige, where the wine is just good, that makes it a little bit better, doesn't it? <laughs> I got to say, and it's interesting, we're trying the Lagraine, and I think it's interesting that when you're so great at the whites in the area, and then you get a red like this, and sometimes people equate like a cooler climate white grape growing place with having more light Pinot noir kind of grapes. Uh Um, But this is not that this is not light i don't think i find it to be big i don't think it's heavy but it's not yeah definitely not wimpy it's
2: a good point because on, on like a lot of people there's a lot of discussion for us in the region i agree it would be a, a fairly full-bodied wine but on an international scale it's it's as you said it's probably not right but mm-hmm. for our region this is really the, the fullest it gets like ryan is our full-bodied grape variety right this is the big dude. And. Yeah but then still being in a cool climate region you still get this nice acidity despite having kind of the broader fruit the ripeness you'll still see a a, a, a pleasure like a, a nice and a, a, a acidity that you that you yeah that is definitely uh, unique to our um to our region i mean we are so far we're the northern Swimming region, growing region in Italy, right at the foothills of the Dolomites, where we have huge temperature fluctuations between day and night, and hence we are yes able to 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 grow the 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 full spectrum of the primary aromas, but we retain the acidity, and that's really something that you should see hopefully in both reds and whites, obviously.
1: Right No, oh, these are these are delicious wines, and th- you have such a special region there. And I'm so glad we are finally able to uh, to get you on to talk to us about it. We'll have to do it more. I have to d- dig in a little bit more when we have more time. I know. I just I just have been so excited to talk with you. So I'm <laughs> happy, Carolina is again from Eleanor Walsh. And what exactly is your role in the winery with your sister and your mom? What are you re- re- responsible for?
2: You know, as a family winery, I don't get my a nice title, so it's really uh, <laughs> student stuff. Well, myself, my sister, we both we run the winery, so we, we're more in the general management of the estate, and hence we get to wear, um, yeah, get to do many different Everything. tasks every day, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's the beauty of of. Of, of my job and and that's probably also the reason why I started um following what my my mom did because right when I was a little child, I could see what she was doing, and she was literally doing every day something different mm. from the vineyards to so basically from viticulture to the seller to the sales to the marketing there's just so much that in a family estate you get to do, and hence i'm i'm super excited to you know to to ha- have made the decision to really follow her and and and, and, and spend my days just like
1: she did. Back in her days. <laughs> I love it. Thanks love. so much for being with us. We can't wait to see you in person. <laughs> yeah, we'll be yeah, seeing you this summer. Yeah, you have to come and visit.
2: I would love to have yeah. you here and show you around our estates and take you up to our highest estate. Actually, we have vineyard. We have planted our highest vineyard now on a thousand meters, so that's almost 3,000 feet. Ah. And uh, so you'll be surprised by um, how extreme we can do some winemaking here in Alto Adige. But it's it's this mountain area where we also, because of climate change, the temperatures are rising. We're, and as a winemaker, you have to look, right long term yeah. and hence when you, whenever you come and visit I'll take you up to this vineyard that is on a thousand meters that and we'll it's just
0: amazing to see extreme how extreme winemaking <laughs> that's yeah. a whole other podcast yeah. extreme winemaking in Ottawa let's do it <laughs> right. well thanks so much thank you thanks for having me Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida our producer for online media is Tara Calligan. Wow. Great Minds theme music is from the band Victor and Penny. The song is You'd be so nice to come
1: home to by Cole Porter. To get in touch, check us out at Greatminds.org. For Julie Glenn, I'm Gina Birch. Thank you so much for listening.